Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno Wizard or Techno Shaman, a Narco Techno Shaman, Shamanic Techno Wizard, a Narco Tech Shamanic Wizard. <laughs> Uh, you can just keep stacking up stuff at this point. But anyways, it's Thursday, September 14th, 2023, 9 a.m. or something like that. Um, I wasn't even thinking about what I was going to say today. I just wanted to walk because I have not been walking enough. Um, and I try to work, do my like morning yoga or workout or whatever. But honestly, <laughs> it's hard to do that consistently for whatever reason. But I do quite enjoy walking, even though I get frustrated because there's I'm just walking the same route in my little neighborhood. There's nowhere else to walk to <laughs> unless I have to drive somewhere. But then that's more friction to walking. You know, I have to figure out where I want to drive to the parking situation. It's just, it's just a lot, you know. But nonetheless, I do like walking, um, being out here, smelling the air, looking at the clouds and the sun the light you know I'm spending way too much time looking at a computer screen of one sort or another sitting down and I definitely need to walk more that's one thing I do really really miss about working at the arcade <laughs> even though I had a three-hour commute uh, to get there it was a lot of time I got to <laughs> I got to spend walking right um, whether it was walking to the bus or walking uh, from the bus to the to the arcade or whatever, you know, I had a I had a lot of time to walk and be in the light and all this other stuff. So I do miss that. I got to figure out another way to bring it in, into my routine. But yeah, I just wanted to walk, and since it's a habit for me to walk and talk, I figured. No point in breaking that habit, at least. <laughs> I already break too many habits uh, too quickly, so might as well keep this one and um, see where it goes. But yeah, hopefully, uh, well, definitely going to keep this relatively short. Just going to do a quick uh, go around of the, of the subdivision here. So probably be maybe 20 minutes or so. Um... We'll see if it ends up that way. <laughs> I do have a lot of work to do though, so I do want to keep it short. So I try not to get into anything too crazy. Um, but yeah, it's been what's been on my mind. Um, a lot of things, but <laughs> many of them probably will get into something longer. So I don't know if I want to delve into that. Let's just be in the moment. You know, I was thinking about these different names that I started with. This anarcho shamanism, narco tech, techno wizardry. See, I like I like the idea of techno wizardry, and I did I did listen to a podcast yesterday um, by uh, Douglas. Team Human, <laughs> me and names, goodness. Um, but the podcast is called Team Human, and it's a great podcast for a number of reasons. But uh, 
I really enjoy how he uh, delves into not just the, the the human aspect, but he often kind of throws in a little bit, yeah, a little magic in there, um, just in terms of like the idea that there's there's so much unknown about the world, and you know, it's perfectly fine to have some kind of mystical, you know, or appreciation for the non-material. And I thought that was pretty good. I actually listened to two episodes of his yesterday. Uh, I'm sorry for the noise. But yeah, one of which was uh, about Naomi Klein. I think I remember that name. <laughs> she had a whole book apparently about a, a doppelganger. Um, by There's another woman with the same name, Naomi Wolf. There we go. Um, who she gets, she gets, excuse me, she gets uh, mistaken for. She wrote a whole interesting book about it. And this podcast was talking about that book and her experiences and all this other stuff. It was an interesting conversation. I won't go too much into it. You can just go check it out. But something that really stuck with me was how they were talking about how um, there are ideas that, you know, the right or one's political adversaries takes, especially, you know, <laughs> conservatives and things like that, or specifically you know the uh the elitist right that like to uh call themselves part of the i like to you know whip up the the frenzy <laughs> of the working class who deem themselves on the quote unquote right um and where they 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 i forget the exact passage but he was talking about how um one of these pundits uh, took his took a passage from his book talking about Douglas here because um, he wrote a book about team human ideas um, quite a while ago talking about the importance of you know a lot of stuff I, <laughs> I talk about like locality um, being you know really grounded forming relationships with each other knowing your neighbors and things like that and the problems with technology and all that other stuff and one of these pundits took this passage <laughs> and just went straight, like, ethnocentric with it. Like, oh, this is why we got to, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, support the, the one our race and all this other stuff. Like, 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 incredibly racist with it. And he was very disturbed of, uh, <laughs> on how, you know, folks like that can use his own words almost against him. Um... Him coming from a Jewish background too, kind of leads into that, and uh, and there's been several occasions of that, right? Where certain ideas that you would consider that any sane leftist would consider, quote unquote, on the left, if you want to prescribe to that kind of political compass, but either even outside of that, just the ideas of communalism, right? Of being communal. Um, which has indeed been associated with, you know, grassroots, socialism, communism, anarchism, stuff like that. But these ideas are often taken by the other side, by other folks who don't prescribe to those ideas. At least not the, uh, the actual goals there. And so the people who came up with those ideas end up kind of abandoning them because it feels like soured. 
And so they try to figure out something else. <laughs> but Naomi was talking about how we can't do that. Like, we, we shouldn't do that. Like, it's understandable why. But in so doing, we essentially give up these really powerful ideas to folks who, quite frankly, often don't even care. Right? They don't really believe in these things. They just use them because they know they're powerful. And they know that other people do um, want that. Right? A great example of this is with the... I, I, I wish I forgot. I wish I remember his name. But, you know, one of these <laughs> big time uh, conservative talking heads and things like that talk about stuff like, you know, uh, the technocracy, right? <laughs> Um, and how the the woke <laughs> just didn't say the woke technology companies are trying to do this, that, and the other in order to take control of blah blah blah, blah like these crazy conspiracies. When in reality, those same talking heads <laughs> are the ones either being paid right by these by these technology companies and or in cahoots with them, right? They are the ones who are creating the regulations for these big tech companies to become stronger monopolies <laughs> because that's the whole point of capitalism, right? That's the whole point of these big companies and big politicians and all, like the entire job <laughs> is to support these big companies or at least big powers, right? And whether that be a company or a, a, a specific you know, government or even a, um, a, a class, right? Then their job is done, right? Like that's 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 what they <laughs> what they got empowered to do. Um, but they understand that, like these people aren't dumb, right? <laughs> At least not in a broad sense. Like they understand that the average person, you know does not like that. The average person does not like these monopolistic companies and things like that. But they know that they can finagle around with some words <laughs> to make the average person, you know, be on their side and and call for the same, you know, the, the regulations and things like that that they're trying to pass. If you don't want to say regulations, you can say laws, you can say deregulations. It's all the same thing, right? Whatever tools they can use to empower their lobbyists or their brokers or their shareholders or whoever <laughs> you know they're trying to make money and power for it's the function of capitalism it's the function of nation states alright and so when we the collective we as in people who care about community relationship building you know um just being together, being uh, living a more equitable world and things like that. When we abandon these ideas because, oh, they touched it, then that just makes their job easier. <laughs> and it makes our job much harder. Um, and it's with that in mind that I want to walk back a little bit <laughs> on my idea of kind of going shifting away from techno wizardry and to, towards techno shamanism, I think I, I could do both. <laughs> I could still be a techno wizard and you know be a techno shaman or whatever else I want to do. Like 
This is another reason why I haven't let go of the idea of technology in general, right? Especially nowadays, you have a lot of people, rightly so, um, disgusted or at least, you know, tired of this uh, idea of technology. Specifically, you know, um, quote-unquote high-tech, you know, um, technology of computers and AI and XR and the metaverse and all this other stuff, right? Like, I still... (laughs) not just believe in the metaverse but i'm still trying to help build the metaverse despite all the crap that's been put on it right because the it's 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 the underlying idea that's important right it's the idea of interoperability that's important it's the idea of open openness that's important it's the idea of you know the average person being able to go online or use any sort of technology to better their lives right to connect with one another to create a more magical world that just feels more wondrous to live in. And I think it's, you know, they're right. Like, we we don't want to let that go. These ideas are powerful for a reason. There's a reason why people resonate with them. And just because, you know, some pundits want to try to use these ideas to you know, further their their agenda, <laughs> right? Their agenda of monopolization of power and resources and riches and all that. That don't mean we're going to let them do it, <laughs> right? We, we can't let them do that. So, yeah, I think it's very, very powerful to... Um, any ideas that you have that are resonating with people, that people will be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. If you hear another, like your your adversary, you know, try to take that idea and turn it into something else, we're like, you see, they believe in it too. <laughs> they're just, you know, they're just lost in the sauce. They just, you know, or maybe they don't even care. They recognize the power of it, but they're trying to, you know, flip it around to um, uh, take power from you or whatever. Like maybe you, like my point is that you can probably turn it back around. And that's what I want to do too. Like, one of the reasons why I've been kind of going away from technical wizardry or thinking about doing so is because of the many growing associations of, you know, the kind of techno um, elitism, right? This idea of uh, many of these folks, like, whether it be Musk or, or uh, freaking... Um, the open AI folks, the quote-unquote open AI folks, right? Um, or really any <laughs> any of these tech bros who consider themselves wizards because they can turn code, like they consider like coding like a type of spell and wizardry and stuff like that. And that always frustrated me, not only because I'm not a coder, but also because, you know, it's, it's a sort of bastardization of the idea of wizardry, right? With a lot of wizardry, yes, it can be very arcane, and you have to, like, sometimes, or, or many times, actually, you do have to have some spell books, right? You have to try to understand the, the, the spells in order to create a certain effect in the world. But I think a, a big thing that people either fail to recognize or for, for some reason or another is the importance of this sort of non or immaterial 
um, substance, this immaterial aspect of wizardry, of magic in general, right? The realization that it's, it's a sort of communion between one's ideas, one's consciousness, one's imagination, and the material world, right? It's not a matter of trying to reduce the world into bits and bytes that you can understand and therefore program. If, any, if anything, it's the opening up of the world, realizing that there is more about the world that is more, not quite controllable, but maneuverable, right? More malleable, if you respect it, right? If you are willing to have a deeper conversation, a deeper understanding of the sort of mysteries of the world, right? What always fascinated me with a lot of magic systems, and yeah, I did enjoy hard magic systems, right? Those magic systems that do feel like a science, but the difference is that it felt like a science. It wasn't a science, <laughs> right? Because a lot of science, especially today, and this is kind of one of my ambitions too, is like, make science more magical itself <laughs> um, to some extent like I do think there's there's a very good power in how science is done but there's also a huge downside in terms of the reductification um, but anyways like the difference though even in a, in a hard magic system and a science is that a science tries to get extremely detailed right extremely precise Right? The best science is able to predict something very reliably to uh, an almost obscene <laughs> level. Right? And that's very powerful, of course. But the problem with that is that we live in an extremely complicated world. Where things change so rapidly, where things are so interconnected. That you literally cannot predict everything it's almost likely one of the things that's impossible <laughs> in this universe right maybe even in every universe i don't know you will never be able to predict everything right because of the very nature of how interrelated all these things are right the fact that even observing something <laughs> in and of itself can change the results shows that the very way in which we do science is limited, right? We have to change how we do science just to understand certain elements of our world, right? The whole area of quantum physics, <laughs> you know, requires us to change how we do science just a little bit. Yeah, it's an adaptation, but it's still having to change. But for magic systems, right? And whichever books you read, whichever, you know, movies you watch or whatever. A magic system is something derived from one's understanding of the, of the world. Um, but it's, if I can use this word, in a sort of dialectic. In a conversation, in a discussion with the, the mysteries of that world. Meaning that a magic system is... Not something necessarily created 
by the people in that world, right? But it's something they can learn to use and learn to see of its existence. Of course, the overall um, meta-analysis here, <laughs> if I can use some more big words here, is that, of course, all of these are works of fiction, right? They're created by people. And most people are most likely using the very ideas of the real world, right? They're using the idea of the laws of physics, of science, <laughs> as an overarching foundation, right? As a, or at least a, a framework, right? To build the very idea of a magic system upon. So, of course, a hard magic system especially is going to be more like science. But what's interesting to me is even though there is a difference, right? Or rather, even though there is a, there is a similarity, I should say, right? Even though you can see the, the science-like, you know, um, approach to magic, with specifically hard magic systems, there's always this <laughs> this uh, flexibility. It's like I said earlier, this malleability with the world and with the system itself. It's it's up to it's up to uh, perception to to uh, goodness. What's the word I want to use here? God damn it. But it's basically up to how you want to how you want to see it. Um, interpretation. There, there we go. <laughs> it's very open to interpretation. So, when you do a certain magic spell or whatever, not only are you kind of discovering that that spell, but you also might be creating it based on your own personal idea of how the world works right so it's open to a sort of relativism right it's open to a sort of subjectivism that allows you to put in your own understanding of the world and turn it in to you know this very powerful effect and then on top of all that you have the idea, at least the ones that I personally really enjoy, <laughs> that anyone can become a magician or a wizard or whatever. Of course, many, many of these stories, and this is another reason why I've kind of steered away from some of them, is that you have to have some level of, you know, magic ability, some level of aptitude within you. And quite frankly, now I'm really thinking about it, quite frankly... <laughs> a lot of wizardry is honestly a closer allegory to science and technology as we see it today. This reductive kind of nature, this kind of chosen one idea, you know, only certain people can have access to it um, or have the aptitude for it and all this other stuff. But for me, <laughs> even though I did, I did, uh, I did resonate with many of these ideas growing up because I, I was one of the folks that like were so ambitious and I felt like, oh yeah, I'm the chosen one and all this other stuff. I'm, I ain't gonna lie. I felt a lot of that. But as I've 
matured more or experienced more and learned more about things like anarchism and <laughs> egalitarianism, I began to see it like this is an opportunity for us to, you know, look at these same systems that were, quite frankly, very elitist and very, um, you know, exclusive and making it into something that's more equitable. Because another whole portion of this magic magic system idea is the idea of uh, soft magic systems, right? Of magic systems that don't really make much sense, that, that don't really have, <laughs> you know, all the rules figured out. That don't really have a system at all, at least not one that people can uh, understand, <laughs> right? So some of the famous ones are in, in uh, Studio Ghibli films, Ghibli, however you say that. Where it's just like just completely mystical, like things are just happening, <laughs> and you're along for the ride, all right. And it's funny how these two ideas of magic can coexist, and that's what really, really excited me and psychs me constantly about the idea of magic is these two very different ideas of the same concept coexisting in our minds, in our fiction, in our literature, in our media. And to me, that's what science and technology should be, right? Where we have this very systematic uh, approach to it that is very powerful, but is also very malleable, right? And at the same time, we have this kind of mystical approach to it that in and of itself influences the other and allows it to be more malleable and you know the other way too right the, the more systematic approach is what encourages people to try and figure out what the hell's going on with the the softer side or with the the the, the, the non-systematic side with the mis mystical side right together they go in that dance <laughs> i was talking about between things like spiritual spiritualism and science Right? There's a constant back and forth, a constant dance of the known and the unknown, of discovering and experiencing, of naming and identifying versus just living and being. Right? So, yeah, I do think there is a lot of power to be found in taking these concepts of magic, of mysticism, of wizardry, of shamanism, and so much more, and mashing it in <laughs> with technology and science, and creating something ever more powerful, ever more equitable, ever more approachable, and yet also ever more mystical, ever more en enigmatic ever more knowledgeable ever more systematic but also ever more mysterious and intriguing I hope to foster a sort of inherent curiosity in the world and in myself by adopting these different kind of names and ideas and I hope to 
you know, constantly be on this journey of just discovery, self-discovery and discovery of the world and everywhere in between, everything above and below, and just constantly opening, open to more learning and opening myself to more growing and more doing. And yeah, we'll see where this goes. So we'll end it there. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for walking with me. (laughs) And have a great day. Keep being awesome. Don't be afraid to be radical. Don't be afraid to be revolutionary. Um, Love yourself. And uh, let me know if you ever want to work together. (laughs) And yeah, see you, bye.